All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell on a Monday. Our boy Raja out a little load management, taking a little bit of time off. Uh, he's got his son's basketball tournament. He was up in D.C. for the weekend. But never fear, we got Will Middlebrooks in, who was with us on Friday. We had a good time talking some baseball. We're going to get some baseball a little bit later in the show. Uh, U.S. Open preview as that kicks off at Pebble Beach later in the week. We're both uh, pretty diehard golfers, so we'll dive into that. Plus... There are two things I want to get into. One of the nasty, nastiest injuries you will ever see uh, in any sporting event. And also what I think could be setting up for potentially the biggest pay-per-view event you will ever see. Before we get started, because I want to dive into the David Ortiz stuff, what happened to him, because I know you're pretty close to that. Are you? I had a wedding this weekend. My niece got married this weekend. Are you a wedding Guy, like, do you enjoy weddings? Do you dread weddings? What is your take on the wedding experience? Here's my thing with weddings. It all depends on the time of year and the, and the, where you are in the country. (laughs) Okay. A suit in heat and humidity. Yeah. Is a no go for me. (laughs) No go for me. So if it's, if you're with your good friends, I get it. They're getting married, best day of their lives. But if I, that's all I'm thinking about if I'm sweating through a suit. So, oh yeah, it was definitely, so my niece got uh, married and I would say when my wife was in her stage where all her friends were getting married, I was dreading it because I didn't know many people and then you'd be sitting at some table, you didn't know anybody, but because it was family and I knew most of the people that were there, it was kind of like a family reunion and then totally. getting to meet her husband's family. Like we all just kind of hit it off. And I will say if I ever, like when my daughters, when they get married, I will take notes from what my niece and her family did. They had this thing lined up to a T where you knew exactly when you were going to get out. The wedding ceremony was pretty quick. The actual reception itself was dialed in. So I actually drove my niece and her new husband to their hotel from the wedding reception. And so I called my sister. I was like, Hey, what do I have to know? Like what, you know, what am I doing? Like what time? She's like 955. You will have the car ready to go and pick them up and take into the, to the hotel. And I was like, yes, cause that meant it was going to be, and I was watching it unfold. Like we got there at 630 for the actual reception, the dinner. It was like clockwork, which I think is really good advice for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want people there who don't want to be there. You get to a certain point where the older crowd starts to thin out and then everyone's <laughs> like, okay, I, I want to go, but I'm not going to leave because everyone's still here. Right. And now that I have little kids, like I was like, oh, okay, we got to get out of here. People have babysitters that go. But to your thing about sweating in a suit. So I had my suit on. Uh, it was kind of hot. We started dancing, started to get a little bit hot. But then because the weather here in South Florida has been so awful, I go out to get my car to pull it around and I, it was raining. So my car was wet, but we all, we, my daughters actually helped me and my wife, we wanted to paint like just married, put all the stuff all over the car. So we go out there and I'm like drying the car. I had taken off my suit, but I'm telling you it was peak humidity at like 930, 945. I was drenched, drenched with sweat. Brutal. Um, so I would agree with you on that one. Like the, the schedule wise, loved it. Location wise, weddings in June are in Florida and South Florida are really hard to pull speaking, off. Yeah, yeah, it was off. Yeah, I would say Northern California, like where they're playing the U.S. Open this weekend. Yeah. That's the spot to get married in June. Napa, maybe. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a good spot for sure. All right, let's get it rolling because there was I was watching college baseball last night, and as I was watching the bottom line come across, all it says is a breaking news, and it says David Ortiz shot in the Dominican Republic. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? 
So I'm like, I'm double checking. I'm like, is this Big Poppy? Is this the David Ortiz? I'm like, what the heck? And I knew he's from down there. So I'm like, all right, then do a little bit of research, do a little digging. You click on a couple links and you're like, oh my gosh. And the story has really evolved to a point last night. It was, oh, is this, this is a failed robbery. Right. Now there's actually video that it looks like somebody was just trying to execute him from it's behind. Like assassination attempt to me. Yeah. The guy walks up behind him and. I yeah. saw the video. I mean, this is a good buddy of mine, too. Yeah. He's like my big brother when I came up to the big leagues. So at my house was a little on edge last night. We get the report on our phone, and we're going, what that we're texting his wife, his family, trying to figure out. And um, Tiffany, his wife, actually got back to me this morning, uh, stable, recovering, and it looks like everything's going to be okay. Right. So thank God. But, like, what is going on? Like, he's a – he's – should be like the president over there. He, right. He is anyways. He's he's like a god in the Dominican. Right. It's it's really a bizarre situation. And, you know, we'll obviously keep you updated here on CBS Sports HQ with any kind of update that would go. So from your understanding, from texting his wife, he is kind of in the clear as opposed to like where you're, you know, because in the, the moments after the aftermath, you're thinking, man, is he going to make it? Right. Everything, it sounds like he's doing a lot better. He's stable. They're kind of – obviously, he's got shot twice, right? Two bullets uh, that hit him. So he's obviously going to have to, be, you know, go through some surgeries and progress. But from everything you've heard, it looks like everything's going to be okay. It does. And what's tough is, like, the first report I got on my on my phone saying uh, shot in the leg, you know, attempted robbery. I'm going, okay, shot in the leg, like – He's going to be okay. And then the next report was abdomen. And I'm going, Oh, oh no. Right. That, 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 then I, now I start getting scared, like for his well being, his life, you know? So, uh, but as it looks right now, the surgery went well from what I'm being told and that, um, he's got a little bit of a recovery ahead of him, but he's going to be okay. Right. I like, I like the lid. You got the lid yeah. from his, uh, celebrity classic golf tournament up there with his, uh, logo on top. So, yeah, so Big Poppy, uh, thoughts and prayers to him, continued recovery, hopefully gets there. There's also some insane video of the guy that shot him where this is not the U.S. where you go trial and you get – like there are people kicking him, punching him in the head. Like this guy's sitting on the ground and bad. they know who did it because it was in a crowded uh, bar, like where it happened. Yeah, he couldn't get away. Yeah, yeah. there's some really brutal videos. If if you're squeamish, don't watch it. It's not pretty. No, so uh yeah, so more details to come on that. But the good news is that it does look like David Ortiz will be okay. I know you guys are tight from your time in Boston, so uh so we'll definitely keep you posted on that. All right. Friday night, you had the NBA Finals continued. I thought the Warriors getting back Clay Thompson, I thought would be okay. I thought they would even up the series. I thought they would go back to Toronto. It would be 2-2. And you'd be like, all right, we got a, we got a series on our hands. Instead, they look good for a half. Kawhi Leonard looks like a beast, which he is. Yes. They get the win, and all of a sudden, it's 3-1. Toronto's going back home to it for a chance to close out the series with some question marks. Kevin Durant's questionable. Um, Clay Thompson, how much was that bothering? Can Steph Curry put this team on his back? A lot of question marks when you look at Golden State and what it means for them. I now I'm kind of going from the pants where I uh, from the perspective of all right, I picked Golden State to win. Now I'm just hoping they make it a series because when I I don't have any dog in the fight, right? Like I don't care, Same. I don't care who wins. I just want to see an entertaining series. Absolutely. And if they, if the Raptors win in five, I'm kind of like, oh, like that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't really been, I mean, they've been handling them. It hasn't really been that close when they've beaten them either. They've right. done it handily. So, like you say, Kawhi is a, 
He's a beast, man. He's always known for his defense, right? And now he's he's turning into this offensive juggernaut, especially in the ones he have 14, 30-point games. And yeah. Like, that's absurd. He's the he's silent a, assassin. He is. Like, he's such an unassuming star in an age when so many guys are, look at me. Very outspoken. At, right. Yeah, look at my celebration. Look at how I dress on the way to the game. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. All of those types of things, Kawhi just delivers, and he just wants to win. And I think some of it's probably personality-driven, like he's a little bit shy, and it's right. not who he is. But ultimately, when you look at the impact he has in the court, like he was I – don't, I don't love the comparisons to Jordan. I think it's way too early to do that. Maybe his style of play is similar to what Jordan did. But what he's done for this Raptors team in his only year there since we're going to come over from San Antonio has been pretty remarkable. It's been insane. Absolutely. His, in his, his post-game interviews, any interview he does, is yeah. it's so boring, it's entertaining. Right. Because he's so blunt and to the point, and he's just like, this is exactly what I think. I'm going to say it in monotone voice. And that's what it is. Yeah. And, and that I love it. Right. Because no one's like that anymore. Like you said, everyone is so outspoken and like want to be, you know, original. And he's just like, look, this is who I am. I'm not changing. I'm here to play basketball. I'm here to win. And that's it. Yep. He's perfect for New Balance. It's kind of like the perfect shoe brand for him. Uh, I never thought guy. about that. <laughs> right. Spot on. Right. It's just kind spot of on. unassuming. They're just there. Punch, your clock, punch the right. clock and go to work. They get the job done. They're still comfortable. Right. They still, they still do the job. Um, obviously the entire, not only the city of Toronto, but an entire country is watching, uh, and rooting for this team, which is really kind of cool because we don't get to experience that with the sports leagues here. Uh, but they do. They've really embraced it. Kawhi Leonard talked about, he was asked about what it would mean for the country if the Raptors would win. I'm really not sure. Um, I guess you really have to ask somebody on the street or one of our fans, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a long time waiting. They're going to be excited. Um, I mean, they are, they're already excited just as just being here for the first time. Um, they're going crazy after the Eastern Conference Finals. And I don't know. There's no telling. Um, you got to ask probably like, like I said, a fan or somebody that's in Canada, that's been living in Canada for a while. All right, that's exactly what you were talking about, Will, because that was as unassuming as it gets. But I will say it was kind of a dumb question. He's only been there a year. How is he supposed to know what it's like for Canada to win a championship when he's only been living there for a year? But as you said, he's just kind of like, I don't know, ask somebody else. He could have sugarcoated that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely could have. The perfect media answer, but that's not him, right? Right. He just, he's not going to give you that, uh, that part of the, uh, the conversation there. He just like doesn't care. Or do you think it's like, I don't know, because I've gone back and forth with this on what, like who Kawhi is. He's an enigma. He's really hard to figure out. I was not a huge fan last year when he forced his way out of San Antonio. When he didn't play through that injury, now that you've removed yourself from it, you're like, all right, maybe the injury was worse as it still lingered this season. I mean, Toronto gave him 22 games off. So you're like, all right, maybe there was more to that. Um, I think sometimes when you're shy, this happened to me with Charlie Ward. So Charlie Ward was a quarterback at Florida State uh, who I got to know really well. I backed him up. He won the Heisman Trophy, uh, and we won the national championship. I knew Charlie really well. We were in the quarterback room together all the time. As nice a guy as you could ever meet. But I'm telling you, I saw it happen all the time. Or I would have people after they met Charlie be like, what's his problem? I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, he wasn't very friendly. I'm like, 
he's really shy because he would he did not like to be in conversations he did not like dealing with the media and he would come across as aloof um and even even if you met him as a fan he just wasn't going to engage that much it just was uncomfortable for him and i think that might be what we're seeing with Kawhi. i think it's more personality driven where he's more of an introvert and a lot of these other stars are extroverts and they like to go out there and talk and sign autographs and be the star i think he's just a little more reserved. I agree. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see how he is at home or how he is or in the locker room, friends, or yeah. yeah, like you said, in the locker room. I just I can't imagine it being any different. Because right. This is what we've seen for so long. So. Right. Did you yeah. see what Clay Thompson did? Because I thought it was subtle troll job, um, which I was surprised he did, being down three one. So Clay was at the podium yesterday, I believe it was on their off day, and he was asked a question, and the Kawhi Leonard laugh. Which went viral. Was like, I can't, I can't do it. So Clay Thompson was asked a question, and he kind of laughed, and it was the Kawhi laugh. Now it wasn't as loud, and it wasn't as exact, but it had the exact same like cadence, like the up and down. And then he answered the question, and I was like, if you're up three one, maybe I'm okay with you right. doing that. But he right. was they're down three one, and he tough. still went Bad there. Luck. It's probably because they're like joking around in the in the clubhouse or locker yeah. room with it, like joking around using that laugh. Right. They do it so much it he just probably did it without even I think he did. It was very reactionary. Now if you come back and you come back from this three one deficit, then it's awesome. But if you don't, uh you might want to tone that down a little bit. But the Warriors have never lacked in confidence for sure. Zero. Um the one question mark, which I think obviously has a huge impact on the series, is what does Kevin Durant do? Um he practiced he looked good. He had ice on it, which I think is like, we've read that in our news update. Like that's obvious. Like, duh, of course he's going to have ice on it. He's just coming off of practice. Said he was not limping, which I think is good. My thing is, how do you not play in this? I don't care if you are there. You're facing elimination. You're one of the best players in the NBA. I think you give it a go no matter what, even though you've got a couple championships under your belt. This is just go time. Like, there's no... Whenever... I'm sure you were faced with a situation in your time in baseball. If I was ever hurt, it was always proposed like this. Like, all right, is this an injury where you can play in a game seven type situation? Or is it a regular season? Because you do view things differently. And I was always like, oh, if this was if this was the playoffs, I'm going. And that, to me, is where Kevin Durant has to evaluate this. Say, all right, it doesn't matter... If you can walk, you should be out on the court. Was him at 80% is better than a lot of guys. Absolutely. So I would say he's 80%, if not better. Who knows? I don't know. That's a guess. But they need him on the court. Right. Who knows how explosive he'll be, but he's still, he's going to change the whole defensive outlook strategy for, for Toronto. So, and even if you're not, let's say you're 50%, suit up, get out there and try. Like, I really, and then let Steve Kerr decide, all right, he's hurting us. Cause I don't know how much he would hurt them if he he's would. 76. Cause I don't think he's 50. I think he's better than 50, first of all. It changes the whole focus of the defense too. They're going to have to work. They're going to have to somewhat try to double him at some point and it's going to leave some wide open. Yep. Absolutely. Um, have you ever, cause I, I was more of a slow twitch muscle guy. So I never had to deal with a lot of muscle strains. Did you ever have any? Hamstring, groin, calf type of injuries. You name it, Danny. <laughs> you had them all. I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, we did talk about baseball players being soft. So. Super soft. <laughs> Super soft. And I, what was it? What did you ever have a calf? I did have a calf. You did so actually the first home series in Boston, 2014. 
it was like 30 degrees. Imagine that northeast, <laughs> right? Wedding season. Good luck on so, a jammed inside fastball. Exactly. That. I'm warming up pregame sprints. Second one, I feel like a pop behind my knee, and I'm going, hmm. That okay? It kind of feels like a cramp. I don't know. I'm gonna go just check this out, and they run like an ultrasound over it because you can see there's a little bitty tear. Really a strain. So, and it, I literally couldn't. I couldn't run. I could walk fine. But, like, as soon as I would try to plant and run, which in basketball, you're going to have to be pretty explosive. You're jumping, sprinting around. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was a couple, two, three-week thing for me before I felt good enough to play. So you took off You took off two or three weeks. Yeah, it was like two and a half weeks. And then when you came back, was there still lingering effects, or were you 100% where you were good and it, would like, had fully healed th- and you were good to go? I think the hardest part is just trusting that it – when you do put it in like that last gear, it's not going to grab on you because that's in the back of your mind. Like, ah, oh, I don't want to feel that again. And I know this is the movement that makes it happen. And you get kind of, you know, timid about it. So I, I would definitely watch for that. Cause I don't think he's going to be driving super hard to the hole dunking on people tonight. But. Yeah. I, he's got to come back though. And I'll be, I'll be shocked if he doesn't give it a go. He might look awful. But you've got to suit up. You've got to take the court and see what happens. It's a bad look if he doesn't. I mean, if he's, yeah, if so he's practicing and he's walking around without a limp, it's game seven with modern medicine right. and adrenaline, like that, that should get you through the game. Yeah. And by modern medicine, you mean every painkiller in the book that you could take to make right. sure you didn't even feel that. Because a soft baseball player needed those every day. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so did I when I was playing too. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, hanging out here on Canel and Bell with Will Middlebrooks. We got to do some baseball. Raja hates talking baseball, so I love it. Uh, we actually get to uh, branch out a little bit. We have talked a lot about bat flips, uh, should they or shouldn't they. My views on it are evolving, but yesterday what you saw unfold in San Francisco I thought was old-school angry baseball player Going toe-to-toe with new school guy who didn't even do that much. So Max Muncy goes yard and absolutely destroys this ball out into McCovey. Was it McCovey Pond or Lake or what are they? Ocean? I don't know. Whatever they call it. Out in McCovey Cove. It's a cove. That's, I knew there was a, I knew there was a maritime cove that I could, uh, couldn't remember the term for it. So Muncy launches it. He doesn't flip the bat. 
He doesn't. He watches it uh, for a couple seconds. Not he egregious. Yeah, he has speed. He can watch that he went one over the boats. Yes, he went over the boats. It was an absolute missile. <laughs> Bumgarner doesn't like it. Takes issue with it before Muncy's even halfway down the first baseline. He's yelling at him. He's still in the box. Yeah, he's like he's yelling at him, saying "run it out" or something. I think this is your. This is what new school people hate and i totally understand it like i think this is dumb i think this is one of those ones where if you don't want a bat flip if you don't want him to do that then get him out the next time and i thought it was out of line like i thought Bumgarner probably had too much caffeine in his pregame warm-up it's probably a little bit too amped up <laughs> yeah. and he is an old school mentality he thinker he's just like he's a cowboy like, yes, his, he's deep. He's south. wrestling steer Boy, out I'm, there in off season. Don't get you. That's <laughs> like that's his. Don't you dare hit a homer off me. He didn't even flip his bat. No, he didn't flip his bat. He set it down and was slow out of the box. He didn't sprint, but he wasn't showing you up. He's not showing you up at all. So Bumgarner's comment after was, "quote He just struck a pose and walked further than Stop I like." It. I can't even say it with a straight face, but the more I think about it, I should just let the kids play, but I just, I can't. They want to let everybody be themselves, then let me be myself. That's me. You mean like barking at people as they run around the bases <laughs> after hitting a home run? Right. So, bat flips in general, because Florida State uh was playing in the Super Regionals in college baseball, and they had a kid who hit a home run, and he watched it, gave it a slight flip, and I thought it was perfect. Yeah, it's not bad. I didn't think it was over the top. I think you gave a term the other day, which I think is defines my view on bat flips, situational bat flips. 1,000%. Right? Because if it's if your team is up 5 nothing and it's the fifth inning and you hit a bomb, a solo shot, and you toss the bat and you watch it, then I think it's a little bush league. I'm like, come on. There's like, such thing as pointless homers. Yes. Like, yes, they're great for your stats and your ego. We get that. We need that. We need to stroke the ego. We're baseball players. We're soft. You We're, that <laughs> yeah. we, we heard that. But look, there's, there's pointless homers and there's big homers. There's big homers where guys don't even know what they did. Like they black out and they get to the dugout and you're like, Hey, John, you know, you flipped your Louisville the hot dog vendor in the second deck, right? And right. you're like, I had no idea because adrenaline just happens. You do whatever happens. Right. But some of these are like practiced, I feel like. Oh, 100%. They're, they're absolutely doing it on their off day when they're taking BP <laughs> and it's their last swing. They're like, hey, everybody look at me. I think the way baseball and sports in general are covered now with gifts and the little seven-second clip that goes yeah. viral – they know that MLB is going to put it on their Twitter handle oh, and Instagram. Just blast it. Yeah, so blast they're going to do everything they want. The problem I have with it is that now it's becoming a competition of who can give the biggest bat flip. And then, you know, how, how, how much can I get away with? And now you're even starting to see it creep into the pitchers a little bit. Cause now the pitchers are saying, oh, well, hold on a second. If you're going to bat flip against me, then I'm going to prance around and fist pump and you look at you and like shoot the, you know, I'm all fine with stuff. it. I'm fine with it. With all of it. And, and that's a situational thing too is like on a personal level, if a guy's gotten you and he's shown you up before, you owe him one. <laughs> in my right. opinion. In my okay. opinion. Yeah. It's, yeah, you owe him. I am okay with all of this if, 
there's an understanding that if you do it, you're Mike, you might have to wear one. That's fine. Right. Then I'm going to try to steal second base. Okay, that's great. See, I like that. I, but, I, and I'm okay even if every once in a while, because I think hockey, one of the things people like about it is when guys fight. Yeah. I'm okay if it means they're going to get a bench-clearing brawl. Or really in baseball, you see no, a bench-clearing yell at each other. It needs to happen sometimes. Right. It gets – baseball is becoming – Boring mm-hmm. by fans now. There's, it's boring, right? Well, there's a lot more strikeouts because guys throw a lot harder. But there's a lot more homers, and homers are a lot more fun to watch than singles. So just don't go up there and pimp singles. I'll be fine. Pimp homers. Fans love it, right? There's a, there's the old school guys in their in their house and their recliner that hate it, right? But for the most part, it's a love thing. <laughs> It's fun to watch. Poker just said that is me. Has there been anything I've said now that makes you think I'm old school guy? I am. You're transforming because the I first am. conversation I'm right we had about this last week, you said I absolutely can't stand it. <laughs> no, I said in certain situ, like again, situational. Right. If there is a time and it's a, a meaningless at bat, which you know it's if a you're down five and you hit a two run homer. Yeah. Don't celebrate not losing as bad. And so <laughs> that it's not. Just, I don't like baseball because I love baseball. I liked baseball more than I liked football. I thought I was a better baseball player than I was a football player. That was the opposite. Oh, really? I thought I was a better football player than I was. Really? What position did you play? Quarterback. Nice. Yeah. Did you ever think about going to college and play? Texas A&M. You had already committed? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who was the coach? Was that Mike Sherman or was it before him? It was, uh, Francione. Really? Yeah, I was going to go run the option. So we could be sitting here. We could have been in role reversal. I could have been a baseball player and you could have been in a funny story. Their quarterback was Jared Johnson, I believe. Oh yeah. Yeah. He got hurt. Ryan Tannehill stepped in. Really? He was a receiver. He was like number 82. Or and they were four. short because you didn't go there. It's my fault. <laughs> That's why. Tannehill, you're welcome if you're listening. There you go. He owes you a portion <laughs> of his, uh, his, uh, money that he's uh, made because he's made a fortune made playing. Um, so good. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. All right. Let's do, let's move on because we got, we, I think we agree more than we think on bat flips and I am coming around on bat flips just, and I hate when speaking of football, when guys are down three touchdowns and they score a touchdown and they're all, well, they're let me show you my spike and yeah. my pre and my dance that I practice all the time. I can't stand that either. Um, so, but so we had, um, Dallas Keuchel, uh, in the sweepstakes. He gets signed. The Yankees, surprisingly, who seemingly always are willing to spend any amount of money to get a championship at any time, they decide to pass on him. Their rotation takes another hit as Domingo, uh, Herman was added to the, uh, IL. Uh, the Yankees as being not players, uh, in those sweepstakes. How surprised were you at that? Super surprised. This is not the Yankees we're used to seeing is them not spending money. That's not, right. yeah, there's someone rolling around in their grave right now. It's Steinbrenner, especially <laughs> when you see on the reports that they were only $2 million apart on the potential offer. You're that's like, come on. That's in these owners, like cup holders in their car. <laughs> like this isn't a big, like that's in their ashtray. That's right. not a big deal. Like uh, the thing I thought about too is Keiko. He's known for his beard, right? Yeah. Would he have to shave it? Yeah, he would. Right. There's a reason he has that beard. There's a reason I grow my beard out. You're trying to hide something. <laughs> All right. What is it? It's not pretty. <laughs> All right. Harden. Look at Harden. Yep. Beard. Yeah, that's have right. You seen him without it? Oh my gosh, he looks like a completely hey, different person. On. Yeah, come he on. looks like a, so so it's awkward. Like they would have to if they had the same offer. I still think he goes to Atlanta. Really? Simply because over the beard. Yeah. To play in the pinstripes? I don't know, man. That's his thing. That's yeah. who he is. I'm so, the what if Yankees, he feels like it's like his superpowers? He can't pitch without it. So the Yankees <laughs> are not only facial hair, it's what earrings, right? Isn't there earrings, some, they, your hair, hair length? So I play with a guy named Darnell McDonald in Boston, one of my all time favorite teammates. 
and he got picked up by the Yankees off waivers. He was, they made him, he had like long dreads down to his shoulders. It was like his thing. He's like a yoga master, you know, super chill guy. He gets to the Yankees, he has to chop all his dreads out. He's been growing forever. They released him two days after they signed him. Oh. How would be, awful is that? I would be livid oh, if I was. was that. Oh, I would be was. livid uh, if that was the situation. Um, so Keiko and Kimbrell were on the market for a long time um, this offseason. Uh, players are starting to speak out saying, hold on, there might be a problem with the system. Uh, Josh Donaldson spoke about it. Let's have a listen. Cy Young Award winner. Uh, guy's been to the postseason, won a World Series. Um, you know. I think it means that we're getting a guy that's really good. And to be honest with you, it's kind of completely embarrassing for Major League Baseball that a guy like that and Kimbrell have been on the market for so long. Hold on a second, real quick. Uh, what was in his mouth? It's a toothpick. That was the biggest toothpick I think I've ever seen. That was, was like a large. pencil. It was. That thing was <laughs> massive. That was the number two. I've never seen that. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you have no idea what we're talking about. Make sure you go, uh, check out, uh, CBS Sports HQ where you can see us streaming every day. So he says it's embarrassing. I think this is an interesting conversation because at the beginning of the season when Bryce Harper and Manny Machado were unsigned really late into the game, Justin Verlander, a couple other veterans were like, hey, there's a problem in Major League Baseball when these guys aren't signed yet. And th- and then there was speculation maybe a team wouldn't dump out the 10-year contract. You're like, what is going on? They signed, and it kind of went away. And I think people forgot the caliber of players in these two that essentially have almost set out half a season. Now, they did get paid, but... Is there a bigger problem with Major League Baseball when this type of situation is unfolding? Absolutely. This is um, the anal- analytical age we're in right now. Is is They can project what you're going to do in the next two, three seasons. And now, instead of paying you for what you've done in your career, which how it used to be, you have this many All-Star games, you put up this number, you, we're going to pay you for that. You don't earn that anymore. Now it's like, whatever our computer tells you you're going to be, in three years, we'll pay you for that. And that that's the issue right now, I think. And then that's what's the players and their agents have this number in their head what they're worth because of past signings of similar, you know, comparison players. Yep. And the computers are way off. Right. And they, they, they like degrade the players in my opinion. And I think these two guys by sitting out really took a pretty good stand. Like they were, but Keiko still only got a one year deal, which is kind of crazy. Now he's going to have to go through it again. Right. After this offseason. But it could play huge for him if he goes out and, and, and pitches well. I mean, he signed for a $13 million, Yeah, so, so he's still doing all right. That's prorated, I was looking at. It ends up being equivalent of him if he would have signed one for 20 instead of the 17.9. Right. Uh, but obviously, in any sport, you want the longest guarantee, worst, the biggest worst. number. So he's got to go out and prove it once again, which is where the owners win. And in baseball, they're not used to the owners winning because you guys have the strongest union of any sport. You guys have the best contractual situation. Like right. you guys have the guaranteed money, the biggest contracts. It's insane. So the owners are trying to just get a little bit of that leverage back. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, over the long term with more of these guys are starting to speak out. All right. Welcome back to Canal and Bell. So I gave one of the best teases I've ever given. And now I've just been told we have to push it back a little bit with like some of the ins and outs of the business. So we will get to the greatest pay-per-view ever uh, a little bit later in the next block. But the U.S. Open, it is underway. The week has officially started. They tee off on Thursday. Uh, there's so many things I'm pumped up about this. One being it's at Pebble Beach, 
which is an incredible venue. It's one of the most picturesque golf courses in the country. But also, because it's in California, you've got the time change, which I'm pretty sure Tiger tees off Thursday at 5.30 in the afternoon. Amazing. So you can get home from work, whatever you're doing. Maybe you go out to the golf course, have a couple beers. And just watch Tiger go at it in prime time because he'll probably finish 9 30, 10 o'clock. It's going to be incredible. I'm going to have you write that up and uh, let my wife know that I can go hit some golf balls, have a couple beers. Right? It's US Open week and it starts later. Absolutely. And uh, and then it won't tee off so early in the morning. The first tee times are like at 8 30 or 9. So you don't have to wake up. Like the British Open is the worst because if you really, like, I'm a nut. So I'll actually like set my alarm at 3 30 or 4 a.m. Just so I can watch the first couple round, you know, the first couple guys go off in that one. Um, but the other thing, so you got all this, the, the venue, the time, what it's, it's being played, but you also have a really compelling leaderboard and some storylines. Tiger back on the scene with the win at Augusta. Brooks Kepka has been unstoppable, uh, you know, winning almost half the majors he's entered over the past few years. Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy coming off a win uh, yesterday in Canada at the RBC Open. Jordan Spieth, who had a really tough start to the season. All of a sudden, he's playing good. Justin Rose back from an injury. Or excuse me, Justin Thomas back from an injury. Justin Rose being one of the better players in the world. It is incredible, and I think it's going to live up to the hype. I do, too. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it. I, I As every golf fan, I'm, a, I'm always pulling for Tiger. I love that Tiger's back. Me like, too. It's so good for golf. It's so good for golf. Tiger and I are, or excuse me, Tiger and I, Raja and I are big Tiger fanboys. Like we'll sit here and say we love, I, I took him to win a major this year. So my bet for Tiger already hit. Like I already won that one. I, do you gamble at all on sports? I, I, some, not too a lot. Soon removed. Cause I, I'm, I'm I, a little soon, you know, I'm more of a football guy. Right. When it comes to that. Right. But like that, that was about it. So I have a problem pretty much is essentially what I'm admitting to. Degenerate I gamble on everything. Yeah. Degenerate is what I, not a lot of money. Like I don't, I don't lose a lot of money, but I do put money on everything just right. cause it adds a little bit more interest. Even if it's only 20 bucks, I just want to see something happen. I don't think I will gamble on Tiger again. I will bet on Tiger again this year no. because it's, it's really tough, you know, to like to, to win a golf tournament. I wouldn't take any favorite to win a tournament. Right. Two guys at the bottom of that list. One of them I took at the beginning of the year was, uh, John Rahm and Ricky Fowler. So two guys younger, um, John Rahm is younger than, uh, Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler has got that title of maybe the best golfer that hasn't won a major yet. So I kind of feel like eventually he's going to break through. He's going to get there. And Rom is just a bomber who's, you know, like this incredible talented dude. So I might take one, like a shot at one of those two guys as opposed to taking Tiger or Kepka, but Kepka's got some serious swag right now. He's got some thump in his swing. I like to watch oh my Rom. Gosh. Rom's temper is kind of fun to watch too. I think it's a Spaniard thing. It's more human. Sergio and like, yeah, well, yeah, true. It's a golf thing. It's more human. It's a golf thing. It's like, uh, it's like one of us, right? Like, like when we lose it on the course. Absolutely. You mentioned Kepka. So Raja and I got to do the show up for, uh, up in Beth Page. Right, we right. were up in Long Island. On Long Island. Don't say that wrong Tough or game. they'll get all over you. Uh, we watched him on the driving range. And when Kepka is lined up, like, you know, this is a baseball player. If you're out of BP, some guys, even am- amongst base, like major leaguers, there's a difference. And you're like, Oh, that sounds guy different. sounds different. Yeah. Kepka on the driving range 
sounded different than everybody else. Just it just the way he impacts the ball. Pure ball flight was just boring. It looked effortless. Everything about it looked incredible uh when it was there. Roy McIlroy, just coming off a win at the RBC, shot a final round 61, Oops. which is insane. <laughs> you talk about good vibes going in. Um, is going to be a threat this week. It's incredible. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he finishes in the top 10. Whoa! There you go. Get that dialed up for our YouTube Dial clip up. right there. A little he's hot ri- take right there. He's riding high. He's riding high right now. He, he's got his confidence, his swag, you know. But he's going to party a little bit. He's partying right now. He, he might be. He won it by seven strokes. Uh, Coca just said Kepka's going for the three-peat, which is true. It had only been done a couple times. Curtis Strange was one of the back-to-back U.S. Open winners. But, see, I would fade that. I don't – I see. even though I love Kepka, I think he's incredible. It's just you don't see that type of run. And it's Except I could envision a scenario where – Monday after, I'm like, why didn't I bet that guy? Right. Especially with the mindset that he came into at the BGA Championship. You know who my, who my guy is that I want you to think about before it's over and you say, I should have bet that guy. All right. Jason Day. Ooh, I like that. He dominates Pebble. He does. I don't think he's finished worse than like eighth. I'm pulling that number. I, it's a guess, but I knew it's something like that. Yep. Like eighth, I think, is the worst he's finished. And it's, he's consistent, and these are tough, narrow fairways. He drives the ball well. Tiger needs to pick it up off the tee, in my opinion. And we saw the rough. Yeah. Double. Like, ball just disappears, <laughs> right? So It is absurd. Got to hit fairways. So I think Tiger is in play for one – well, not for one risk, for a lot of reasons. But one reason I do like him – again, I won't bet on him, but the one of the reasons I like him is in sports – Sometimes there are certain venues, arenas, stadiums, teams that you face or that you play against, and you're like, you just feel good. Yeah. And Tiger, having won there before with one of the most dominant performances in the history of golf when he won by 15. Yes. I think that's for him. Like, Kepka, I thought, had that mindset at the PGA Champions. Like, I'm going to win. I'm going to, you know, of course I'm going to win. I think Tiger might have that mindset going into this tournament. Because of the past success that he's had there. Totally agree. And that's where I think he could be in play. Agree with you on the driver. He's got to keep that dialed in a little bit with the way the rough is set up. Have you ever played Pebble? I have not. You haven't. So I played it one time. It's not that hard of a course. Yeah. If. If you hit a good drive. No, if you hit a good drive, but also if the wind isn't blowing. That's true. And if the rough isn't high, which the wind, we don't know what it'll be like weather-wise, but we do know the rough is going to be insanely high. But like the rough off the tee, the fairways aren't as narrow as they are, uh, or as they were at Beth Page, even though it's a U.S. Open, they won't be quite as narrow. The rough could be an issue, but I think it's more around the greens. Like if you showed Patrick Cantley, which we saw last week, the vid- that was around the green. I don't think Tiger misses that much around the green. His Tiger's the iron play, his iron play has been unreal. Has been re- unreal. So if he just gives himself a chance with the driver, he's, I think he could play really well this weekend. For sure. Coca, 25 to 1, that's Kepka's odds. Who is who are the? Oh, that's Jason Day's odd. Uh, so Tiger Woods coming off the Masters win. I thought that was epic for him. Um, he's coming off a really strong performance where he finished strong at the Memorial at uh, Jack Nicklaus's tournament. I, he's had the week off. He's coming in. He's fresh. The PGA where he missed the cut. I don't think people realize that there was something off with him. He was sick. I think he had a virus. And having walked the course and played it the day after. You had to be physically fit and in shape 
in order to do that. And I think that was a storyline. I think people were like, oh, he's just up and down. There's the Masters hangover. I don't think he was 100% when he played it, uh, at the PGA. It really didn't seem like it. No, I, I totally agree with you. No, I, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him, uh, this tournament. But in any case, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. Can't wait to break it down. Uh, Thursday, they tee off, uh, the tee time start and you get to watch some primetime golf, which I cannot wait for. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell over the, uh, I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday. Uh, last evening, I'm sitting there, had social media open. I was watching some baseball, some college baseball. And uh, all of a sudden, I see this tweet starting to go viral a little bit, and I sent it to you and Coca. I'm like, this has got to lead the show. At some point, we've got to get in there. So Justin Bieber, randomly, I don't know if there's a backstory or if Tom Cruise did something to it, but he just sent out the challenge to Tom Cruise. I challenged Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared, and you will never live it down. Who is willing to put on the fight at Dana White? He even copied Dana White uh, from UFC to try to get this to happen. What? what this Justin Where's Bieber all of a sudden a hardo, like coming out of nowhere. Yeah, bro, you're 5'9", 145. Well, hold on a second. Is right. that what he is? Is that the official That's statistics? That's the official. Do you know what Tom Tom Cruise is? Tom is 5'7", 170, but he's 56 years old. He's more than twice his age. Okay. Who do you think wins, though? Even not all I these. gotta go. I gotta go Tom. I know. I think so too. I think I would too. I Bieber's mean, kind of a punk. Like I like some of his tunes. I think are okay. I would love to see him get beat up. I would too. I think a lot of people would. That's why I think this pay per view would be off I would the charts. I would buy it in a heartbeat. Yep. I, Cause I think some of these Hollywood dudes, they start training and they think they can mix it up a little bit. And they, yeah. they, and a lot of guys train, a lot of people across the country train UFC. It's a good, great way to work out. But, and they might, they might spar a little bit with headgear or they hit the bag and they oh. start feeling pretty good and they start thinking they can step to somebody. Yeah, well, his ego is probably twice the size of his actual <laughs> physical body. Yes. And I feel like, you know, Cruz, I mean, is he a dad? His dad strength? That's a real thing. Oh yeah, it definitely is. I mean, it's, there's also old man strength, which yeah. is a very real thing. You know, you get thing. there. Like, I'm I starting to experience would snap some of that. Him in half. I would love to see it. And I think Cruz is always, Tom Cruise has always been a guy who really prides himself on doing a lot of his own stunts. So he's got some martial arts in his background. Again, he's probably never been touched in the face at any point. But I would like to see who has a stronger chin. Like, you learn a lot about yourself when you get punched. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In the end, it might not be that great of a fight because of that reason. Did but, you know what, uh, did you see what Conor McGregor said? He said he would he back said he would it. Fund it. Exactly. So this has to happen. So now get it going. Tom Cruise, the ball is in your court because you, even if you don't do the fight, you have to respond. You have to be like, yeah. Like, let's go. And if McGregor doesn't fund it, I'm sure Church of Scientology would love it. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> or Dana White would probably, Dana White's probably mad at Conor McGregor for saying oh, he would. For Cause sure. he would be all over for it. Sure. So speaking of, uh, UFC, there was a heavy, uh, not, what was it? Bantamweight, uh, championship bout, uh, this past weekend. Oh. And, uh, it wasn't the fight so much itself that made the headlines. It was my man Cowboy in a lightweight fight. Uh, Donald Cerrone was fighting Tony Ferguson. So he had this injury suffered to his eye, which is nasty. So the picture that we have up here on CBS Sports HQ, I don't think fully does it the service when you actually hear what happened. Cause there is a video that went viral, uh, after the fight. So he's fighting. His eye gets hit. It was a little bit after the, uh, the bell had run, but that's besides the point. So he's got there and his eyes all puffed out and 
I think when you're fighting, you got blood everywhere, and sometimes you might need to clear out a nostril. Right. So you go like you do the one hand, so you clear out your nostril. Rocket. So he, yeah, the rocket launcher. Yeah. <laughs> so he does that, and apparently it doesn't work where the air comes out of his nose. It actually goes through the orbital socket. Stop it. And it popped his eyeball. Stop. Not out of his body. But it like popped it up into his eyelid so that you noticed like it all of a sudden got more puffy. And he instantly notices like, "Uh uh-oh, I did something wrong. Because apparently UFC guys are told, don't ever do that just for this reason. Like specifically for this reason. I didn't either. Like thank goodness. So now if I'm ever in a fight, which will probably never happen. Justin Bieber, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Don't blow your eyes. Don't blow your nose in a fight. What's even crazier is that the cowboy – Wanted to keep fighting. Of course he did. He's, he's like, cowboy. no, he's, he apologized to fans after he's said, the I bum gardener. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is. He is the bum gardener. Uh, so he had a, apparently it happens when you try to clear a broken nose oh. is what happens. Cause I guess it goes up the wrong chute or whatever. I don't even know how it does the medical terms. He apologized to the fans after he was like, I should have known better as a fighter. I shouldn't have blown my nose, but I did, and I wanted to keep going, but they wouldn't let me. I apologize. Yeah, I blew my nose, and I blew my eyeball into my... Yeah, in my eyelid. Yeah. Thankfully, because if it would have come out, that would have been even worse. So thankfully, it did not come out. Uh, But it was one of the nastiest things you've ever seen. (laughs) It was gross. What was the baseball injury you were telling me about? Oh, Mitch Hanniger. Yeah? I fouled a ball off his man area. Uh-huh. And uh, he actually ruptured a testicle. <laughs> oh, it's hard to even talk about, right? Like, yes. How do you talk about? kind of hurts. That's hard to say as a man. But yeah, happened in the third inning of a game. So let's talk about split second. Yeah. Hockey players are the toughest. Baseball's yeah. soft. Yep. He didn't leave the game till the seventh inning. That's pretty – I was going to say – I will say gutsy. I was going to use a different term. Every man watching this show right now is yeah. grimacing and gritting their teeth because if you just get grazed – Oh yeah. It's awful. Oh, it's it's horrific. Rupture, the word rupture and testicle don't go together. No, it definitely doesn't. So yeah. shout out. I don't know. I th- I still think Cerrone's a little bit tougher, but that's that's right up there. Maybe stupid though too for both of them. I don't know, that's just me. <laughs> um college baseball. I watch a lot of college. I don't I love college baseball. I used to call college baseball for ESPN. One of my favorite things to do. There's some great venues, great atmospheres, the kids are playing. There's there's like it's just a really fun event. So Vanderbilt had something happen that we hadn't seen happen in quite some time. It's only been done a handful of times, and that was a no-hitter um, from Vanderbilt true freshman Kamar Rocker against Duke. They had just gotten smoked by Duke on Friday night, giving up 18 runs. They're they're like a favorite in the series. There was a lot of pressure on them. It was the first no-hitter in Super Regional history. Um, first NCAA tournament no-hitter since 2012, which, by the way, was a game I called at the University of Gainesville. It was Jonathan Crawford. I called that game, which was pretty cool. Um, I have a question for you. What is more impressive, the no-hitter, the fact that nobody got a hit, or that he had 19 strikeouts? Because I think um, it's the 19 strikeouts. Or the fact that he's a freshman. <laughs> right. All of that. Like True all freshman. True so, freshman. 19 punches. I saw... Some of the replays of the strikeouts, and they're all on sliders. Right. And so on top of that, he's throwing so many sliders. I want to know how his elbow is after 131 <laughs> pitches. Is that how, is that, was that the total pitch count? 31. Really? So you won't see that happen in the bigs anymore because there's so much money invested in them right. that they're always worried about, you know, hey, pitch count. They're going to get him out there around 100 because they don't want to see another Tommy John. 
College baseball, not an indictment against Vanderbilt because you see it all over the place. Right. They're going to ride their horse. Vandy is very good about taking yeah. care of their pitchers. They do it almost professionally. Yeah. And they have so many pro guys that come. I am, I am talking about old school. I think we baby and coddle pitchers so much. I agree. They can handle it. And that's why when I watch this type of performance, I am like secretly, I'm like, please be okay. Please be okay. Like be fine. Like not because I wish we could see more. Performances like that, right. individual performance where a guy is fine, he can handle it, totally. and you get to see this type. And of I love like when the pitching coach or the manager goes out to make the change, and you got like your Max Scherzers who are like, "Don't you dare come get me!" Right? Or you Madison Bumgarner back. when he was in the World Series and he went on short rest and he yeah. pitched like two hundred. I do too. Love it. Instead of we try to protect guys so much and they're so babied, and you get, well, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but Strasburg like. Come on, man. You got to suck it up. At when some he's point. healthy, he is unreal. Yeah. He just hurts so much. And I think and a I lot of his injuries are tweaks exactly. and stuff that you he doesn't can, want to pitch through it. Right. Which, it, and I think it's because, because he's a baby. Seven, he's like, I'm going to be like 92 and I'm going to get crushed. Right. So right. Probably, probably. All right. You haven't had a pick yet on this show. So this is your first opportunity to prove your sports knowledge. We have game five, NBA finals, Warriors versus Raptors. Raptors are a one and a half point favorite. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with the Warriors. Are you? I think Kevin Durant actually plays really well. Nice. Not only just plays, but I think he has like 25. I would love to see that happen. I am going to go with you on this one. Our boy Raja always talks about the NBA not being fixed, but how they have a way of ensuring certain things happen. I don't think anybody, myself included, wants to see a five-game series. We want to see at least extended another game. I think they do everything they can to make sure that happens. So we'll see. That's my pick. We're both on the Warriors, which means take the Raptors. Will Middlebrooks, thanks for filling in. Our boy Raza is back tomorrow. See you.